God, God is all we need. Yeah, we need to, that Jehovah, when we have the Lord, Jesus Christ, he is all we need. And I, I began a series last week called The Lord is My Shepherd. And I'm going to continue this series today. I don't know how long it's going to go. But David said in Psalms 23, verse 1, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And the New Living Translation says, The Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need. I love that. That David understood when he had Jehovah, when, when the Lord was his shepherd, when Jehovah was his shepherd, David understood that he had everything that he, has, that he had need of. But when you read and study the Bible, you will discover that, that Jehovah, there's compound names for the Lord. There's, there's different compound names that give us a deeper meaning or a deeper understanding of who God is. And all throughout the Bible, in the, primarily in the Old Testament, when God would do something for the nation of Israel, they would mark it as a memorial, as a, they'd, they'd erect an altar as a, as a memorial to Jehovah for what it was that God has done for them. So that's what I want to do in this series. It just kind of go. There's, there's several of them. I may not do every one of them, but I think it's important for us to see not just understanding the, the, the understanding of who Jehovah was, but how Jesus Christ fits every one of those names, that, that he, he is He is Jehovah and, and, and all of those. But when David said that, David said, the Lord is my shepherd, David was declaring that the Lord was his shepherd. So we need to ask ourselves, is the Lord your shepherd? I have to ask myself that. I, I, I've accepted Jesus. I, I, I love the Lord and all, but, but is God your shepherd? Is he, is he your source for everything? And you need to be able to say that as a believer in a personal way to God, the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. So just real quick, I'm going to recap last week's message. We, we did Jehovah Jireh. That's probably one of my favorite ones. The, the word Jireh, Jehovah Jireh is the Lord will provide, or the Lord is our provider. And, you know, there's so many things that the world looks to today for their provision. It's almost like they cast God to the side and say, God doesn't have anything to do with this. When God has everything to do with everything that we own and everything that we have, he is your provider. You know, I think about the, the tithe, and some people can get in a, in a, in a disagreement about the 10%. And, and, and that's appropriate and all that kind of stuff. I believe it's biblical. But if you think about it, the concept of tithing, we're only giving God a portion of what is all his anyway. 100% of it is his. With, without, without God as your provider, you would not have the ability to earn and to learn and to work and do all the things that God has given us to do. So, so all the things that we have is from him. But Jehovah Jireh was given in, in, in the Old Testament. You, I said this last week, just a real quick recap. You remember the story of Abraham? God had promised him a son. He told Abraham, you will be the father of many nations. But Abraham and Sarah didn't have any children to, for, them, for him to even be a father, much less be a father of many nations. But the Bible says that God blessed Abraham in their old age, and he indeed had a son. His name was Isaac. God told Abraham to take Isaac, which was the seed. Isaac was, was to be the seed that was going to be the nation that God was going to take from Abraham. The Lord told Abraham, take your son Isaac and take him up to the mountain, and I want you to, to sacrifice your only son. That probably didn't make any sense, but there's no indication at all in Scripture where Abraham hesitated. He did exactly what the Lord asked him to do. And I said this last week, and I believe this in all my heart, 
Abraham really did believe that Isaac was going to be killed. I believe that with all my heart. The Bible says the knife was raised. And, and he, he, he was ready to, to, to bring the knife down. And he was, going to, that he was going to do what the Lord had asked him to do. But I also believe that, that Abraham believed that God would, either, God would raise him from the dead, that he would bring him back to him. But the Bible says as the knife was raised, Abraham looked, and there in the thicket was a ram. And the, and the ram was there, and, 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 and Abraham realized that God had provided that ram as a sacrifice in place of his son Isaac. And so Abraham named that place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide, because the Lord provided a ram for, for, for Abraham to sacrifice in place of his son Isaac. What a, what a beautiful story, but, but, but really Jireh, Jehovah, he is our provider. So as Christians, and, and we have to be careful because we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we can become as the world, and we can begin to think that, well, the world, the government, my paycheck, my 401k, my investments, my bank accounts, those are the things that are, that are, that are I'm doing all these things when it's, when it's Jehovah that's doing that. So as a Christian, you need to acknowledge, you acknowledge that God is your provider, that Jesus is your provider. You, you, I do that. I, any, anything, you know, yes, you earn, we work, we do all these things, but God, God provides. God provided your body. How, how did you get here? That was you, the, the birth, everything that we have, Jehovah Jireh. So the first thing we do, we acknowledge that he, that he is our provider. The Bible says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? In other words, what the Bible is saying, if God was willing to give his son the best that he had, how much more will he not give you everything else that you have need of? And then, um, if the Lord is our provider, what do we need to be afraid of? That, that, that the, the world is gripped in fear. I'm here to tell you the world is, is, the, the world is living in fear. And it, it's my hope that the church will rise up above the, the, the things of the world and the fears of the world, and we will not be afraid. Why am I not afraid? Because Jehovah is my provider. Because God will provide for me. So, and I, I, I banged this horn. I mean, as soon as COVID hit two years ago, that's the first thing I started preaching is we will not fear. That's right. we, we will not fear. We, we, are, we are God's people. We're, we're the church. We're, we're God's church. We have Jesus Christ. What, what more does God have to do for us and give us? We shall not fear. Whom shall I fear, the Bible says. We will not be afraid. And then we need to put our trust in him. We, we put our trust in God. We, we're, we're not going to worry the, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. See, just trust God. Might not, you, might, the bank account might be low. You don't know how ends are going to meet. Doesn't make any sense. Trust God. That's what God wants. And sometimes God will take us to a place where he'll deliberately make it happen where, guess what? You have to trust in him. Because he wants you to know that he is your source. He is your provider. So Jehovah Jireh was the first one we looked at. Today's message is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. And um, this, this is, uh, I'm excited about this message. Um, Israel on numerous occasions was outnumbered. You know, if you read the Bible, really Israel should have never survived as a nation. They, they, they were outmanned, outnumbered. They were outwitted. They... They, 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 they should have never survived. 
Israel was the definition of the underdog. They were the underdog. In almost every situation that you look at, Israel was, they were, they were the underdog. The, led, the Lord led them to impossible situations to show them that their victory was in him, not themselves. God did that deliberately to show the other nations that a nation that honors me, look what this nation looks like, and nothing will be too difficult for them. But see, Israel was never alone. They, they might be outnumbered, but they were, they were never alone. And that's what God wants us to see, I believe, this morning. And, you know, the Bible tells us um, not if the trials are going to come. The Bible says when the trials are coming. And if you've been serving God long enough, you know trials are coming. They're going to come. The people who preach a message of, of, of salvation that says when you accept Jesus Christ, everything's going to be great. You're not going to have any problems. That's a lie. That's not true. But we have someone with us in the fire. See, we're not alone when we go, when we go, through, the, when we go through the trials. So, um, so, see, we like Israel, we do not face them alone. And I, and I pray today that we will realize that, that Jehovah Nisi, he's your banner over your life. And we're going to look at this. And um, this, this is taken from um, the Old Testament story in the book of Exodus chapter 17. And I'm going to read this account here in these verses. It says, the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of you men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands... The Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this on a scroll as something to be remembered, and make sure that Joshua hears it, because, because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. In the Hebrew, the Hebrew meaning of the Lord is my banner, we, we know Lord is Jehovah, and our banner is Nisi. So in the Hebrew, that would have been, that would have been written Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, the Lord is my banner. See, in this this passage in Exodus is recorded not long after the nation of Israel had left Egypt. They, 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 were, they, they, were just in the, they were in the wilderness, and they had left Egypt. So we know that there was no doubt that they were untrained, they were weak, and they were outnumbered. There's no way that they were capable of fighting a war in the condition that they were in, having just left Egypt essentially still slaves. That, that, that's who they were. And so this is recorded not long after that. But Israel had something the Amalekites didn't have. They had a pillar of cloud to guide them by the day and a pillar of fire to lead them by night. And, the, and, the, and they had the very presence of God, Jehovah, was with them. See, that, that's what made the difference for the nation of Israel. Yes, they were outnumbered, they were outmanned, but they had Jehovah on their side, the Bible tells us. And the Bible says that Moses lifted up his hands to the Lord and he, he instructed Joshua to go down and to fight, to fight the battle as he lifted up 
as he lifted up his hands. And, but as he lifted up his hands, Moses was not just lifting up his hands just to lift them up. He had the staff of God in his hands. And that staff was a staff in which God used to perform the miracles in Egypt, to part the Red Sea, the dolls. It represented the power and the presence of God. So when Moses was lifting his hands, he wasn't just lifting his hands, just, I'm going to lift my hands. He was lifting the presence. He was lifting up, lifting up to, to, to the Lord, to God. So like a banner, Moses held up the staff over the Israelite army, identifying them as God's people who were depending on him for victory. See, the banner, the banner represented who Israel was as God's people. They were identifying themselves that we belong to Jehovah, that we belong to God. And, and, and as Moses was doing so, he was, he was raising up a banner unto the Lord. But the Bible says as long as Moses held up his hands, as long as they were lifted up to God, the Bible says the Israelites were winning. But as soon as Moses grew weak and he grew tired, what happened? The Amalekites were getting the upper hand, the Bible says. So Moses understood, now, hey, wait a minute. God, God is in this victory. God, God has given us the power to defeat the Amalekites. So Aaron and her stepped in, thank you, Jesus, and they, they, got, a, they got a stone, the Bible says. And, and, and you can picture this. I was going to get a chair just to demonstrate this, but you can see how this would have looked, that Moses would have been seated in a position like he was seated on a chair, and Aaron was on one side and, and her was on the other. And the Bible says they held up his arms. In other words, and you think about that, if you raise your arms, especially if you have a staff or something in your hands, you're not going to be able to do that for very long. And it sounds like from when you read the scriptures, they fought all day long. So the Bible says Moses' arms, they, he, they grew tired. So what did they do? Each one went and grabbed an arm and said, okay. And they, stood, they, they were standing as Moses was sitting, and each one grabbed an arm and they held his arm up. And the Bible says Joshua, Joshua had the victory because they, they were raising a banner to the Lord. See, Joshua overcame the Amalekite army. And Israel, probably for the first time, discovered that it didn't matter how fierce their opponent was. It didn't matter if they were outnumbered. As long as they had Jehovah on their side, they were going to be victorious. They, they understood who Jehovah was in, in, in the battle. And um, see... Jehovah Nisi was the Lord was with Israel in battle. It was more than just a, just a banner. It was God fighting for them. It was God, it was God the warrior, God, God the fighter. God was fighting for Israel. He was, he was on their side. They, they were his people. And as long as Israel honored Jehovah, Jehovah was fighting for them. That, that, that's, the, that, that's the banner. And see, Moses recognized the Lord, the Lord fought for Israel and he built an altar as a remembrance to the Lord, and he called it Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. And so um, I believe at this point Israel was beginning to see that Jehovah was their shepherd. Because when they left Egypt, the Bible says it was, it was probably a million Jews had left. and came, They went into the wilderness, the Bible says. They were in the desert. There was no Walmarts, there was no Rouses, no Sam's, no, 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 no convenience stores, no drive through place to eat. They were in a desert. But the Bible says God provided for them as their shepherd. And what did God do? They grumbled and they said, we would, be, we would do better to go back to Egypt where we were, where we, at least we were fed every day. But yeah, you were slaves. But they wanted to go back because they were, so what did God do? He caused food to come down like rain. 
Manna, manna, the Bible says, came down, and then God caused water to come from rocks. God was, God was showing them that he was their provider in that. But in this story with the Amalekites, what was God showing them? That he was their protector. See, that God is, God is their protection. That just trust me. Just stay connected to me. And God said that I am going to be your banner. I am going to be your protection. So when we look at, at, at Jehovah in the Bible and we look at these different names of who Jehovah is, it's important for us to understand as Christians, how do we identify with this? Like, and really, we need to find Jesus in every one of these because Jesus is Jehovah. There's only one God, the Bible says. Jesus is Lord, and we need to find Jesus in, in, these, in these names. So what does the Old Testament story in Exodus have to do with Christians today in 2022? It has everything to do with us. Jehovah Nisi is our warrior. God fights your battle. God is on your side. God, God is Jehovah Nisi in your life. He is fighting the battles for you. His banner over you is victory. You have victory in Jesus Christ. Amen? That, that, that is the banner that we have in, 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 in Jesus Christ. John chapter 3, Jesus said, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. See, Jesus is our Jehovah Nisi. See, banners were like a flag. What, what, what does an American do? Hopefully, he plants the American flag in his yard. And what does that mean? I'm an American. I, I, I identify with, with America. That's it. The banners are used in sports events. They, they commemorate different events, different you know, uh, things that were, that, that were done or whatever. So it, 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 it's a way of identifying who, who we are. And um, so just as Moses raised the staff, God's church raises the name of Jesus. See, that's the banner that we raise, church. We raise up the name of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus said there in Moses and y'all, you know, remember the story in the wilderness, the, the Bible says that God had sent venomous snakes on the, on the nation of Israel because they were grumbling and complaining and, and every, they, they were getting bitten by the snakes and they were dying. So they cried out to the Lord to save them. So what did God do? God told Moses to make a, to make a serpent, the bronze serpent, and put it on a pole and put the pole in the ground. And the, and the Bible says he told the nation of Israel, if you look to the serpent on, this, on the pole, you will live. Guess who that serpent represented? That was Jesus Christ. And just as Israel looked to that serpent, we look to Christ to live. Jesus is our life. So who, who do I do? I look to Jesus. I look to Jesus for my life. But that word lifted up where it says, where it says um, Jesus will, man must, the Son of Man must be lifted up. In the Greek, that word also means exalted. The Son of Man, Jesus, must be exalted. So what do we do when we come here on Sunday mornings? We exalt the name of Jesus. And what are we doing when we do that? We're raising the banner. I'm raising the banner of Jesus. I, we're not raising a banner of men. I'm not raising a denomination or a religion. We are raising the, the banner of Jesus Christ because that's where our strength comes from. That's where our victory comes from. That's our salvation. That's our forgiveness. The, Everything is found in Jesus Christ. So I say that to say this. Look, and we don't just do this on Sunday mornings. You, hopefully there's a place where you worship God all during the week. But when we come into this house, 
there's freedom in the house. There's freedom in this house, and we are free. There's not, look, we lift up hands. We're not, as Moses lifted up the staff, I'm not just raising my hands just to raise my hands. I am raising my hands to God. I'm worshiping Jesus Christ. That's, I'm lifting up a banner. And David is saying, Jehovah, Jesus is my banner. He's my victory. He's my warrior. So, so we do that. And, and I've said this to the church, look, we're free in here. And I, I got delivered from that. Thank you, Jesus. The, the, everything we do in this church is biblical. The Bible says lift up holy hands to the Lord. It's, we, we don't do anything in this church that's out of order. It's not, it, the Bible says do everything in order. We do it all, but we lift up hands to God. Why? Because he's our banner. He's our source. And so when I, when I came to the Tabernacle Church, it was, it was the Assembly of God Tabernacle at the time when Pastor Carl was there, and Lori and I came from a Baptist church, and we didn't raise our hands. And Lori and I was just talking about this the other day. I had a friend of mine, uh, and he, he had gotten saved, uh, and we were in high school together, and we were, we were friends at the Baptist church. And, his, and he would go, and he would kind of go visit some of these other charismatic churches, and, and I, we, I never did go. He, he would go visit them, and I never forget, he came back one time, he goes, David, he goes, you're not going to believe it. He goes, they were, they were running around the church. He goes, they were running around the church. And he, his eyes were like as big as apples. He's like, you are not going to believe this. And I'm like, I'm like oh, I don't want to go to that church, you know. But they were excited. But I came to the tabernacle, and God freed me of that. And, 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 and see, really, probably in my spirit, maybe I wanted to lift my hands, but I never was told I could, and no one else did. But I, when I came into an environment where there was freedom, God, God delivered me from that, and I, and, I, and I confess, and I said this to this church, it was, it was awkward. It was um, intimidating. It was, it was just, it was very awkward to do. And I said, I started with one hand. I said, I don't think I'll ever get the two hands, but I can do one. So I started with one. And after a couple of weeks, I said, you know what? I'll get the other one up there, too. And, and, and I said this, guess what God showed me when I did that? I never realized this until I did it. Guess what that showed me? It was a symbol of surrender. And, and what are we doing? We're, we're acknowledging that he's God, but what are we also doing? We're surrendering ourselves to his lordship. Jesus, you are Lord. And, and, and it was just, it was so freeing. So I, I, I just say that, uh, um, you know, just find a place. Why? Why are we doing this? It's not... Um, and, and we said, we said I be, that song we sang, I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that song is good, but guess what? That's not true because I believe that. That's true whether I believe it or not. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, we, we, we are not just saying he is the way because the Tabernacle Church believes he's the way. Whether this church believes he is or not, he's still the way. So let's, let's, let's confess that, let's acknowledge that. If you agree that Jehovah, that Jesus is Lord and there is no other, the Bible says every tongue will confess and every knee will bow that Jesus Christ is Lord. If you really believe that, then why not honor him and worship him as such? See, we're declaring, some of us might say, well, you know, I don't really feel like it. I don't, I don't feel that. Well, I'm not really doing it out of emotion. I'm doing it because it's true. Do you follow what I'm saying? Uh, it's true. He is God. He, Jesus is Lord. So out of, if, if anything else, just do it because it's true. He's Lord. And, and because he's Lord, I'm going to honor him. I'm going I'm to worship him. So 
See, when we do that, we honor. Now, what we're doing, we're raising a banner. See, we're lifting up our banner. What are we saying? We're saying to ourselves, to this church, to the world, Jesus is our banner. Jehovah, Jesus, he, 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 he's our Nisi. He's our victory. He's our man of war. He, he's, he's our battle. We, we, lift up, we lift up the name of Jesus. See, we look to Jesus for our victory. Look at, the, look at this in 1 John 3, 8. It says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So the first thing we see when we see Jesus as Jehovah Nisi, and Jesus was a warrior. Most people don't realize that Jesus was a warrior. Jesus defeated the devil. He defeated our greatest enemy, which was Lucifer, Satan, the devil. The Bible says when Jesus was nailed to the cross and he resurrected, when Jesus was resurrected from that tomb, the Bible says Satan was defeated. He no longer had power over us, church. That's what Jesus did. He defeated the devil. Satan, Satan is defeated in Jesus' name. Just as the Lord defeated the Amalekites, so the Lord Jesus has defeated the devil. He's like an Amalekite in our lives. And the Bible says Jesus took him down. See, Jesus, what it says, he, he, he appeared to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus was a warrior. He is, he is Jehovah Nissi. Yes, he came as a lamb, but the Bible says he, when he returns, he's going to come back as king of kings and lord of lords. And the Bible says the whole world's going to know that Jesus is Lord. They're going to recognize that he is. They may, not, they, may not, they may not have accepted him, but they will recognize that Jesus Christ is Lord. See, Satan no longer has power over us unless we give him power to do so. The Bible says greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Who's the he? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the power of God living inside of us. See, you got a warrior living inside of you. you got, you got Jehovah Nisi living inside of you. And the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is, in, that, that is in the world. Jesus is our man of war. In Colossians chapter 2, it says, Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Jesus disarmed the enemies. The enemy has been disarmed. We are victorious in Jesus Christ. When we raise up arms up, we're raising up, we're raising up a banner to our victorious King, Jesus Christ. He's our victory. That, that's who we claim as, as, our, as our victory. Jesus is our Jehovah Nisi. He's your warrior. Think about that. God is warring for you. Jesus warred for us on the cross, and the Bible says he sits at the right hand of the Father doing what? Making intercession for us. Even now, as Jesus is seated in heaven, the Bible says he is still waging war for his children. Don't you love that? That's who Jesus is for us. See, he's our banner. The government's not your banner. The, I don't care how great the American military is, that's not our banner. Jehovah Jesus Nisi is our banner. God, God is our strength. God is our protector. God wants us to look to him for our source and for our strength. And then look in Luke chapter 24, 49, it says, And now I will send you the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with the power from heaven. Jesus gave us the power of the Holy Spirit. What did Jesus tell his disciples is that you are, you are afraid and you are, uh, 
you, you are afraid that I am leaving this earth, but what did Jesus say? Don't be afraid, because it's better that I go. Why? Because I'm going to send you an advocate. I'm going to send you someone just like me that will not only be with you, but he will be in you. See, Jesus, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to live the life of Christ. And, and, and people say sometimes, I've heard Christians say, they say, I can't live this life for Jesus. It's too hard. And you know what? They're right. You can't live your life. You can't live the life for Christ on your own. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to live for Christ. We were never intended to live it in the flesh. We need to live it in the Spirit. That's what God has called us to do. So the passage tells us as long as Moses' arms was raised to Jehovah, the Bible says that Joshua was, was defeating the, the Amalekite army. Look at the picture that this gives us here. Joshua was fighting the battle on the battlefield in what? In the physical. But Moses is on top of the hill doing what? He's waging the battle in the spiritual. He's, he's seeking the spiritual help from heaven, from Jehovah. But while he's doing that, what's happening on the battlefield? Joshua's winning. <laughs> there's, a, there's a connection. There's a connection to what Moses was doing and to how Joshua and the army of Israel was defeating the Amalekites. See, you cannot overcome the devil in your own strength. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Not in your flesh, not in your own understanding, in Christ Jesus. The Bible says I can do all things through David. No, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So you're right, you can't live this life on your own. That's why we have to come to a place where we surrender. We, we let go of ourselves and we say, as Paul, what did Paul say? I've been crucified with Christ. I've been, no, what, is, what does that mean? He didn't, Paul didn't go on a cross and was crucified. When Paul used the word crucified, he's mean he, he was dead to himself. I've been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. He understood that he had to die to himself. See, two people can't be on the throne. It can't be you and Jesus. Only one's going to occupy the throne. How does Jesus get on the throne? David's got to die. I have to die to myself and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to win. See, you may seem outnumbered. You may be facing, some of you might be facing something right now in your life. And you, might, you may seem outnumbered. It, it might seem too costly, too expensive. You, you can't figure it out. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. But you've got something that that problem doesn't have. You've got Jesus on your side. You've got Jehovah Nisi fighting your battle for you. See, and to Israel, it probably looked like there's no way we're going to win this battle. There's no way. But they had Jehovah. <laughs> they had all they needed. You've got, you got Jesus Christ on your side, the Bible says. God, God is fighting your battles with you. And y'all remember the story in 1 Samuel of, of David uh, when David was confronted with Goliath. Look what he said here. I love this. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. There's no way David should have defeated Goliath. Saul even told him, don't do this. You're just a ruddy little boy. They said, the Bible says that David tried to put on Saul's armor. David was so small, the armor just, it probably just covered his hands. It was just like it couldn't, it, did, it didn't work. And, and, and David says, I don't want this. I don't need this. And David had a sling and a stone. And he went and he confronted it. And you can imagine the, the Bible, I think it was like nine feet. Goliath was nine feet tall. And David might have been less than six feet probably. 
So imagine what this looked like. There's no way that David, in a physical sense, should have been able to defeat Goliath. But what did David have? David trusted in God. He said, you come to me with javelin and spear and sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. There's no match. Your problem is no match for Jehovah. Doesn't matter what you're facing and what your battle looks like, your battle is no match for Jehovah Nisi. God, God is on your side, and God is fighting your battles. And then in Matthew 16, it says, and I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, it says, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The next thing we see is Jesus established the church. See, as long as Moses' arms lifted up, they were winning. But when Moses' arms, as I said, fell to the side, the Bible says that they were, they were weak and, and they were losing. The Amalekites were, were getting the upper hand. And I've heard this passage preached before numerous times. And, and um, this is probably the first time I think I've preached from this passage in particular. But normally when I hear this passage, and this is not a wrong way to look at that. I've, just, I've looked at it another way. Many times people look at this and they take Moses as a position of a pastor. And as a, as a pastor, and, and this, this is true, pastors get weak, they, their hands get tired, and Aaron and her was in a way coming up, and in a spiritual sense, it was, it, was, it was the church coming up and supporting and helping the pastor. But guess what? All Christians get weary. We all get tired. We all need a hand. We all need a word of encouragement. We, we all need to be built up in the Lord so I believe when we look at this picture of Aaron and her holding up the arms of Moses, I believe God has given us a picture of the church. And God is showing the church, you were not meant to live this life alone. You, you're, not, you, you're not meant to live it alone. And the devil, see, that's the devil's tactic. What is the devil's tactic? Isolation. Isolation. Oh, I can read my Bible at home. I, I can put on some worship music at home. I, I can just, yeah, you can do that. But... That's not the church. That, that's, not, that's not gathering. The, the, the definition of the church is we gather. We connect. We, we, we embrace. We, we, we come together as a, as a body of Christ, and we gather together. So, so Jesus gave us the, the institution of, of the church. And, um, you know, uh, I've heard this phrase, and y'all might have heard this before. It, it takes a village to raise a child. That's a... I don't like that phrase, but that, that's what that phrase says. And, um, but really, the passage, this passage in Exodus shows us this. It takes the church to live the Christian life. Think about that. To, to live for Christ, to be successful, to be a successful Christian, to thrive, to mature, to do all the things that God has called you to do, it takes the church. You, you need the church. We, we need the body. We need the body of Christ. And... Um, See, the church is designed for us to mature, for us to grow, but more importantly, for us to encourage one another. See, that's what we do. And, and, and the Bible even says that when you come together, what does it say? Build one another up. It, it, encourage one another. And in our, our life groups, that's what we do. And, and really, and the life group is a Bible study, but really, I put the emphasis more on the fellowship than I do on the Bible study. You know why? Because I believe it's important in those groups to do what? to build relationships, to connect with another believer, to, to get to know that other person. Yes, we have Bible studies and we learn the Bible, but I, I get more from just connecting with the other guys. 
just, just rubbing arms. Hey, what you dealing with? And they, they come out and they say what they're dealing with. We have the Bible study. What do we do? We lay hands. Okay, we're, we're going we're to believe Jesus for this situation. We're, we're, we're connected. We're the, we're, we're the body of Christ. See, there's a purpose. There's a reason for the church. It wasn't for us just to come together and just to, to have a place of worship. It was a place to gather and for us to connect and for us to build one another up. And, you know, I thought about this, and, and I'm sure Brother Carl's thought about this. When you get in ministry, you, know, you really have to ask yourself, why do, you want to, why do you want to be a pastor? Why do you want to do anything in ministry? Because Lori and I want to fight with you for your Christian walk. We want to get in the ring with you, and we want to be side by side with you, fighting your battles with you. That, that's what we do. We, we fight alongside of you. That, we, we are doing this because we want you to succeed as a Christian. And it's worth every bit of it. Every sacrifice, everything that we do, the small groups, the, the, whatever it is that, that we do as a church, that Lori and I, that Lori and I plans, the, the things that we do as, as a family, as a couple, we're doing it because we want you to win. We're fighting. We're, we're next to you with Jehovah, and we want, to, we want to encourage you to succeed in a battle for Jesus Christ. Because it's a battle you must win. It's not optional. You, in other words, you got, you got to, Jesus said, he, he who remains faithful to the end will be saved. We, we got to go to distance, church. You got to go all the way. You got to plant your foot on the ground and say, I am going the distance with Jesus Christ. Until he takes my body, until I die, until he comes, I am not turning my back on Jesus Christ. It takes a church to do that. It takes the body of Christ to build you up, to encourage you. So, so we need to reject the lie of the devil and the lie of the world and says, you know, church is old-fashioned and that's something that my grandparents did and my mom and dad did. No, that's something that Christians do. That's what a Christian does. They, 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 they connect. They're part of the body. Don't you love that? See, and that's how we wage war together. We're, we're stronger together than we are alone. You're not going to make it on your own. You need the body. You, you need a group of men, a group of women that, that can partner with you, that, that can stand side by side with you, and that, that, that can say that, that Jesus is going to be your victorious. You, you're going to be victorious in Jesus Christ. You will overcome whatever it is that, that you are facing. See, the believer with the power of Jehovah Nisi, we have all that we need for a victorious life. Jesus is our banner. He's our, he's our victorious warrior. Aren't you glad? See, God didn't just say, come to Jesus and I'm just going to throw you out there and not do anything for you. God gave us the victory. He gave us the power and the strength to succeed as Christians. His name is Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Jesus is our Jehovah Nisi.